Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Well, hey, howdy. Hey, everyone. Uh, we're back. Uh, guess who's with me? Say hi. I don't know who is back with you. It's you's. It's you. Oh, yous. it's me. I'm back. Oh. You's back. Where'd um, I go? You, well, you weren't here, but you did, we don't, we're not sure where you went, but you, now you're here. I've just been sitting here the whole time. That's right. I, I, don't, I don't know. You what. decided not to interject in the, the two shows that I did by myself. You sat there and just and just had your arms crossed and just... Mm. I mean, I was just sitting here the whole time. You I had, don't know what you you're had, talking about well, you, coming well, back from somewhere. Well, you were going to mime school, so that's the reason why people couldn't hear you because you were, you were trapped. I was trapped in a box. <laughs> like I couldn't get out. <laughs> Help! And, I, and then I was climbing a rope, but the but I didn't go anywhere. The rope the, wasn't there. The rope just kept just. It was a Jim just Leahy going. rope. If you... That's right. <laughs> the hotter you squeeze on, the faster you slide. All the way to prison, buddy. All the way to prison. <laughs> it's a Trailer Park Boys <laughs> reference for those that don't understand. Our various amounts of inside humor, but you know that's what you signed up for. For those. Those two listeners that are still out there, uh, uh, I mean, if you haven't left Ricky, by now, you're not going to leave. What's your crap hawk? <laughs> if you haven't left by now, you're not going to leave it. Anyway. Um, but one thing I actually want to say before we get going oh, was yes, yeah. I did write on my sub stack <clears throat> about, uh, for everybody that knows, the um, Spotify wrapped came out. And for those who don't know, we get one for the show. The show, I get, a, I get an email saying... Um, Basically, uh, the, the amount of listeners we had, the amount of episodes we upload, and what that compares to. So, for those that didn't see my Substack post out there, uh, we had over 2,000 streams from 170 different listeners, which for uh, somebody who knows that their reach of the show is very small, uh, that's kind of... That was mind-blowing for That me. was kind of incredible for us. I know that that was an increase of what we had last time. And we uh, created over 3,300 minutes of content, which is 95% more than, or it's, or that is more than 95% of creators in our category, which is news and politics. I think it's, I think it's the category that we're under for Spotify. I don't, I don't even know. So, yeah, that's something incredible. And I, I understand that we've had uh, not the amount of content that is ideal for what I would like to see. And,. The fact that the show has kind of evolved a little bit is, is I wrote that the show is basically kind of a response to all the COVID madness that was happening in uh, early 2020 and how it is morphed into something different. And it's involved out from not just politics and how Substack has also evolved uh, rapidly here in the last month or so. But we just can't say thank you enough for it. it I was really uh, means I a was, lot. I was blown away. Um, <clears throat> I was uh, I was at maximum. Well, the, the the audience, Jacob, they gave us a ten. They gave us a ten. They gave us a ten. Um, if you know the if you know your your late late show uh, history, you'll know what that means. Give him a ten. Yeah. Give him a ten. Yes. Blow him away with your enthusiasm. With your enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, I was that was about a hundred and sixty nine more listeners than I thought we had, uh, which is that's it's big. Bigly news, as the Donald would say. So, um, I would like maybe maybe we can double down our efforts into creating more content. So maybe we'll get double the listeners. 
That'd be nice. Well, we shall see what so you, happens. So with do that. you know what that means, though? It means you got to like and share the show. So, right. so if you've got people that even even people you don't like, tell them to watch the or not watch, but listen to this here program. If you're watching the show, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, you, I'd you love to know how you're doing that. Us. That's kind of scary. Anyway, um, let's go. Let's jump right into the deep end, shall we? Shall we? Um, you, have you heard of Kanye West? Haven't you? No, I haven't. Okay. I've heard of Ye, but I have not heard of this Kanye West What's character. What's with the whole Ye thing? He changed his name. To Y-E? Yeah, Ye. Is it not, it's not Ye? <laughs> it's not, it's not, uh, also not Ye. It's Ye. So what is it? It's Ye. It's not Kanye anymore? No, it's just, it's just no con. No con. Or as the kids would say, it's, it's Ye, no cap, know what I'm saying? So are we now feeling the wrath of con? The wrath of uh, no, because Khan doesn't exist. It's just yay. Oh, okay. Well, there's a Star Trek reference. It's not like yogurt, Joey. It's just plain yogurt. <laughs> but I doubt. I highly doubt that Kanye. I'm sorry, yay, has the power of the Schwartz. Um, he so, wishes he did after this week. I'm sure he does. So, th- but this is the benefits of a of uh, platforms really allowing freedom of speech and freedom freedom of thought. Um, and just the freedom to express thyself, however thyself feels, because it shows not only the good but also the the bat crap crazy that is Kanye West. Now, when Kanye came out with his um, was it twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen with that album that he that his religious album that came out, Jesus is King, Jesus is King, which I never listened to. I be- haven't either because <clears throat> I, I, I Kanye doesn't do it for me musically. Um, I, I just don't care. I never, I, I never got around to it. I never got around to listening to Hon- I honestly, his stuff. I honestly this year didn't or last know year. who Kanye was, other than when he really made Mike Myers embarrassed when he said George Bush hates black but people. But you've met him. I have met Kanye. I actually held his cell phone. Um, he came to a former place that I worked at, and he was like, "Hey, you hold my phone, take a picture of me and the people." Um, he came with Steve Harvey and some basketball player and uh, two very wealthy people whose father o- opened a business. Um, but anyway, uh, so Kanye, um, I don't know who he is. I've never listened to his music. I, I quite frankly don't understand why he is so popular. Um, given, I, And he's supposed to be some kind of fashion guru, but I see what he wears. I'm like, dude, you dress like a hobo. Like, you, you see what he wore on the Tim Pool show? Like, he's wearing a trash bag that... that Basically, like, and he complains about how some people don't know fashion. Like, dude, you don't know fashion. Trash bags is not clothing. That's that's if you're homeless. But you're supposedly worth billions and billions of dollars, and you dress like a homeless person. Maybe that's maybe that's what's in now. Dressing like the homeless. What's that? What what's the Zoolander derelict? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, was it Mufa? Um, smooth. Um, Smogatu tries to get Zoolander to dress in the derelict fashion isn't that, line. Um, isn't that Jerry Stiller? Mufa? No. No. That's Will that's Ferrell. Yes, yeah, so Will Ferrell oh, plays, yeah. the, plays the villain. <laughs> derelict. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so Kanye uh, supposedly comes out as a Christian and as a, a person of faith. And he talks about, he goes on Rogan, talks about how he wants to build this church. And um, he met with uh, very popular people in Christendom. Um, and he's talking about his faith and his conversion, which I'm not going to question because I can't. Um, but he says all these things, and he comes out as Christian and everything, and then uh, something happens. 
to him. Something weird. A lot of people think that, that it's mental illness, some kind of schiz- not schizophrenia, but like maybe he's bipolar. Some people say he has been diagnosed with some kind of mental illness. I don't know. But it's been a, what a, just a couple of months ago, he started talking about the Jews. He, he brought up the JQ. Um, the J-O-O-S, Jews, as Ben Shapiro <laughs> puts on the Twitter. Um, so he, he comes down and he starts blaming Jews for things. And he talks about how he wants to go nuclear on the Jews, which I don't really even know what that means. What do you, does that even make any coherent sense? No. So K- Kanye, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him Kanye because everybody knows who that is. Nobody knows what, what ye is. That's just stupid. Um, but he starts talking about the Jews and um, problems that he's had with uh, contracts as far as his music industry goes and um, uh, banking and stuff like that because he made some what at first people thought was anti-Semitic. But um, whenever someone talks about the Jews or brings up so-called conspiracy theories, um, I want to hear more because as, as we should allow is for people to cancel themselves. If you have crazy outlandish views and thoughts on certain things, you should be allowed to say them so you know to steer clear of these people. Because when you shut them down, uh, you, you only... only Because if, if, if what Kanye is saying is true, that the music, entertainment, and news media industry is control, and banking is controlled by the Jews, and then he gets shut down by all of those, it kind of... <laughs> on a surface level, it seems it's kind of seems that he's right. Wouldn't you not agree? <laughs> well, on a surface level, I'm not saying it's true. No, I'm not saying it's true. But like, okay, if if you were to say that there's a great conspiracy out there that's trying to silence the truth about X, and then they silence you because you're speaking the truth about X, it it doesn't it doesn't. For somebody who's saying these things, it certainly doesn't say, "Oh, well, now they're definitely not real." Right? It's I definitely, definitely not was. True. Yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely not true. Uh, you know, he said a lot of these things, and uh, you, you know, it originally started with the things he was saying on Twitter until the infamous Tim Pool interview where he stormed out at the first, um, well, no, the first pushback on anything. Yeah. Well, wait, what's interesting is okay, he says all these things, and I'm like, okay. He's not saying anything that's violent. He's just bringing up. He's basically just talking out of his of his rear about the Jews, which a lot of it is not true. It's an interesting conversation to have. Honestly, he sounds like a black Israelite. It's what he sounds like. Maybe he. And then he goes on to talk about. Uh, the, I think he called the preacher Louis Farrakhan, who is a, a raving anti-Semite and just a very hateful person. If you know who, whom that is, just in general. Just in general, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's not a big fan of white people either. He's basically a, like a black nationalist because that's allowed, but white nationalism isn't allowed, which, again, that's a whole other conversation. But Kanye didn't say anything. He wasn't inciting violence. He was He was just bringing up uh, this kind of taboo that you're not allowed to bring up. But if it was, if the situation was reversed so that it was a predominantly Christian that was controlling, you know, the entertainment industry, news media. Yeah, you're definitely allowed to bring that up. But because it's a protected class, Judy, Jews, not even the Jewish faith, but just Jews in general, 
You're not allowed to talk about that, which, I again, freedom of speech, you should be allowed to bring up anything. Nothing should be off limits. Unless you're inciting violence, that's something completely different. You should be allowed to bring these things up and discuss them. And you could still be wrong. You can still think Kanye's wrong and you shouldn't do that. But you should be allowed to talk about those things out in the open. Where Kanye went wrong is when he went on with um, not only Tim Pool, but when he went on with Alex Jones. And he, you saw how uncomfortable he made Alex Jones feel. Well, he made Alex Jones look like the sane one and even people who... He made Alex Jones look like Bill O'Reilly, which, which that, that's, that's saying a lot because I don't like Bill O'Reilly. Um, so Kanye goes on Bill O'Reilly with some kind of, um, Kanye goes on with uh, Alex Jones, not Bill O'Reilly, but he goes on with, um, Alex Jones and he's got like the ski mask on, which uh, it's uh, apparently it's a Balenciaga. Do you know what that is? It's some kind of with fa- the fashion brand. Yeah, I know about him. I, I didn't know about it until that thing came out with him and Kim Kardashian and the, the child endangerment pictures that were circling. <laughs> But he goes on there, he ta- he's talking about how he loves Hitler and there's redeeming values in Hitler and how he likes Nazis and how he loves Nazis. But then in the same breath, he also says, we got to love everybody. It's like, well, well, hang on a second. It's one or the other, bro. And then he posts a picture on his Tweety of a Star of David with a swastika in it. And it's like, either either he is raving mad, lunatic, or he's serious. There's, it's one or the other. Either he is a raving anti-Semite, which possibly could be true, or he is a uh, uh, just gone crazily mad. But this is why it's so important to have platforms that allow this kind of stuff to go on. It's because Kanye just canceled himself. Like, there was no action was needed from Tweety from Facebook, from all these other corporations and companies, no one's going to want to do business with Kanye now, right? It's the whole thing like, well, if we had a completely free market, you know, a business could say they don't want to serve black people. Well, if a company did that, no one would, no one, the, the boycott would be enough to put them out of business. Which, which, would thou not agree, Jacob? Yeah. Of course. It's the same thing with Kanye. He goes to Alex Jones, who is probably the most banned person in America or in the country, um, and he says these outlandish things and everyone finds out about it and everyone's like, well, I want nothing to do with Kanye now. And what w- w- just stinks to high heaven and it, this kind of leads me to believe that he kind of is maybe not well is the fact that how he got mixed up with uh, Nick Fuentes, who is a little creep. Uh, that guy is, I have, he's a punk. I have not, I want nothing to do with Nick Fuentes. I think he's just uh He's just latching on to um, somehow Kanye got into contact with not only Nick Fuentes but Milo, and then the three of them, or was it just Kanye and my and, and Nick, went to have dinner with Trump, mm-hmm. and somehow nobody knew who Nick Fuentes was. Like I I I, I, f- I firmly believe that Trump had no idea who L- Little Punk was or is, but somehow they all ended up uh, having dinner together at Mar-a-Lago. And it blew up as this huge story about how now Mitch McConnell and Mitch Romney are all saying that, you know, well, this is just evidence that Trump can't run for president again if he's harboring white nationalists at his house. And it's like, dude, he didn't even know who they were. And even for once, the left-wing media for a moment said, yeah, Trump probably didn't know who Nick Fuentes was. But how the two of them, Milo and Nick, have latched themselves onto Kanye 
seemingly kind of egging him on into doing these, saying these outlandish, ridiculous things about the Jews, it's really sick and, and disgusting because either they're taking advantage of a person who is unwell or they are, or they're just hateful people, which is possibly true because I, I never knew Milo that, I didn't know him that well. I knew he was like this gay guy who was a, a, a flamethrower for, uh, I guess anti woke. Remember back in the day, like 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. he and Crowder were were I guess in that same kind of space. But Milo, I I, I didn't, I never thought of him, and and it it never crossed my mind, or I never saw anything from him that would would lead me to believe that he was on the spectrum, I guess if you will, of anti semitism, because he. Kind of talked openly about uh, admiring Louis Farrakhan, calling him the preacher, and then kind of um, going along with what Kanye was saying on the Tim Pool show about the Jews. And like, I never thought that you were in that crowd. I because I never really paid a lot of attention to him, but I never thought he was on that side of the aisle. I don't know, but again, without the um, Without the the internet and the social media allowing him back on, wasn't he banned at one point on Twitter? Then Elon brought him back on. Um, are you referring to Milo Yiannopoulos? No, to, uh, the Kanye. Yeah, so Kanye was an after the initial um, tweets that he put out that were anti-Semitic or um, you know questionable. Questionable. He was banned, and then you know Elon gave him a Elon, second chance. Elon let him back on. Um, yeah, so he has he has been giving a, a given a second chance, and um, he's been banned again. Which I, Elon, I think, gave him a lot of rope to hang himself by. Now, the reason why Elon banned Kanye for <laughs> is a little dumb is is really dumb and stupid that he was somehow inciting violence to the Jews. Um, which again, Kanye will say something you know about how he loves Hitler, and then he says, "Well, we need to love everyone." And how I love Jews and I love Nazis, which doesn't make any sense. Because, you know, Kanye said there's redeeming things in all human beings, which, okay, yes, that, that is true to an extent. But when you go the way that Hitler did, um, all that is gone. There's, there's nothing redeeming. If you're going to, like, if you're going to make the argument that, the re- that there's redeeming qualities about each person, which, I mean... <sighs> Sure, I I guess I guess you could soundly make that argument, but why why do you have to go? Why are you why are you defending the most indefensible person of all time? Why don't if you're gonna make that argument and you know there are people out there that are that for some reason have have taken up the task of saying well he's he's pulling the ultimate. Um, Christ move and saying, "Well, I forgive everybody. I love everybody, e- even the worst in humanity." But that's what, not for you to do. But that's not for you to do. And that burden is not yours. And why the most indefensible human being? And and even if you wanted to take up the fears case of why he's why I love why he. Uh, I'm, <laughs> why he should be loved or whatever admired even you would still have to say hey what he did was wrong and and at at no point 
did that even cross his mind at this point? Well, at, he, well Kanye even said that you know he questioned the 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 authenticity of the Holocaust. So the yeah, I, I was getting to that. Okay. So so that right there is case and and how I think that logic is completely flawed on those people on Twitter who are saying these ridiculous things, um, saying that Kanye was taking this position. You know, personally, I think that this is a man who, not defending what he's saying or anything like that, but this is a man who has legit just lost everything. And I think that whenever this happens to somebody who at one point and at one point could could do do no wrong essentially um it it does mess with you and i think that especially with his divorce to kim kardashian and basically losing everything lost his family lost his kids got debanked will probably never be able to make music which i i mean as somebody as important to the genre of hip-hop as he has been over the last um close to close to two decades man you know as 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 a fellow musician to 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 not be able to have that creative outlet that that does something to you uh, to not be able to express yourself that way so you know this is a man that has lost everything and i think that he was just looking for an excuse look Possibly that or just trying to com- complete career suicide just to just to get get out of the spotlight, get out of everything just to Which, commit. I mean, this is probably the worst because, way to do it. Well, <laughs> honestly, well, what else? To, what else? OK, colloquially speaking, culturally, what are the what is the one thing that you're not allowed to like? I guess well Nazis. Nazis, right? Hitler. Not Nazis. Hitler and the Nazis are the worst things ever. Well, but the, the, but, the worst things ever. Yeah, but but so you could if, praise if, if Stalin you, and or Mao, and, and you'd be fine. But but look, look, we, Hitler. But those guys were worse. Hitler and the Nazis are the worst people to ever exist, and the Holocaust was the worst humanitarian crisis, the worst humanitarian event of all time. It, it doesn't even come close. Whenever we talk about just, I'm not even talking about numbers. I'm not even talking because some people are like, oh, well, you know, Mao killed more. I'm not talk, talking about culturally speaking. What do we yeah, hold okay, in yeah, regard yeah. as the worst thing ever? So what, 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 would, what would be the fastest way to, to completely destroy your career, your, 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 your reputation, everything? To say, hey, I like those people. Those people, they were good people. That's it. It's the fastest way to destroy your. There's, there's no other. And of course, these JQ. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna destroy everything. Go after the Jews and praise Hitler. Boom! You've just destroyed yourself. You're done. So I, you know, why he did that? I don't know. I don't know if he did it intentionally, unintentionally, but that's the fastest way. That's the end result of that. Well, I mean, if that that most certainly could be a possibility, but if it were me. If I wanted to get out of the spotlight as he's currently in, I would just disappear. Like move to move to some private island somewhere and just live out the rest of your days. Because he's got plenty of money. Like he doesn't need money. Although he might here pretty soon because of things he said. He's being de- de- he's being debanked. But you know he could have retreated from the world and just been a hermit. That that's that is possible. He could have done that. But he decides to go this way, which is just you know crazy. Um, but. Um, so I guess there's there's one of two options. Either he's raving 
lunatic mad or he actually believes this stuff. And I think it's actually the first one. I think it's the latter. I think he's kind of off his rocker crazy. But this is a, this is a, this is a good reason of why free speech is a, is necessary. Yeah. Because it does allow people the rope to go and hang themselves. And and when you <clears throat> when you say something like, "Oh, well, the Jews control social media and then social media bans you." All the soft-minded people say, "Hey, well, maybe he's got a point." But if you don't allow him to to really, you know, dig his own grave, then these people don't know any better. It's like it's like the stuff with with the nine eleven truthers, right? It's like, well, you know, you're not allowed to question anything that happened on nine eleven. If you do, then you're basically you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. Um, they they go all George Bush on you, and if you question anything about nine eleven, you obviously hate America, like obviously. You know, jet jet fuel can't melt steel. Uh, you could, you know, but when you when you're not allowed to ask legitimate questions and you're shut down, people think you're kind of being proven right when they do that. Anywho, um, so where where do we want to go next? We want to go to Canada suicide. We want to go to the the defensive so called defensive marriage act. We want to does uh, does not matter to me. We're at twenty. Five minutes. I, I don't care. Uh, along with um, the Twitter thing, um, Elon Musk is now worse than Hitler. So there's well, that. Obviously, obviously, um, it's no exact. It's no exaggeration that to say that Elon Musk's annexation of Twitter is is the most terrifying development in recent history. Only a fascist. Only a fascist would seek to impose free speech on humanity. Um, is that was that the Babylon Bee? No, that's a uh, that's the that's the um, uh, um, zero hedge. It's it's kind of a funny thing. Uh, the a Washington Post columnist Taylor, Taylor Lorenz noted that it was like the gates of hell opened on the site tonight. Uh, Charlie Wartzel from the Atlantic wrote that the an apocalypse, uh, an apocalyptic feel to the ordeal, um, which is just it's it's funny how when people are allowed to say what's on their mind, that obviously is um, you know like hell being opened up. Speaking of hell being opened up, the Senate. Um, and it was soon to be the House passed so-called Defense for Marriage Act, which which would basically legalize same-sex marriage in America. Um, and Isn't it already legal? Uh, in some states it is, but this would federally make it legal across the country, uh, repealing the Defense for Marriage Act, which bans federally bans same-sex marriage. Um, and the 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 question or the 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 thing I have to say about this is not so much about the legitimacy of same-sex marriage, it's the Republican response to it. Because the Republican establishment claims that it's for traditional values, traditional marriage, um, you know, conservatism, whatever that means. They, they claim that they're for that. The, the establishment does. Um, but yet 12 of the most establishment creeps in the Senate uh, voted to pass this, mainly Joni Ernst. Uh, from the great, uh, well, the good state of Iowa, first in the nation. Um, so, and her defense was, well, we have to do this because um, if Republicans want to win the future, we have to, you know, kind of cave on the marriage issue, which is a non-starter for many on the right. Um, and just keep in mind, just keep this in mind. So, in the eighties and nineties, the GOP claimed we had to move beyond abortion to win. So the killing continued. Um, in the noughties or the aughts, I guess, I think it's the 2000s and 2010s, I guess that's what it would be. The GOP said we had to move beyond the issue of immigration and the, you know, 
the, the border is has been swung open. Um, now the GOP says we must um, we must remove we must, must move beyond religious freedom to win. Uh, do you see a trend here, anyone? Um, the GOP, in its very essence, is controlled opposition whenever it is the hottest flashpoint at one time. The GOP stands in our way of truly confronting, defeating. Uh, when, when we come to the GOP to fight a culture war, and it's almost always replies with, Sir, <laughs> this is a Wendy's. That's what Steve Dace had to write. Because the question is now, since that uh, it will most likely pass in the House and then uh, Biden will try to sign it and most likely have to have a uh, an aide sign it or Dr. Jill Biden will have to sign it. Um, the bill, whatever. Dr. First Lady Jill Biden? Yes, I'm sorry. I always get her, her, her qualifications wrong. Um, once that happens, uh, given the fact that there were three uh, amendments try that were uh, wanted to that were try how do I say this they wanted to add to the bill to protect religious freedom because if anybody knows a little history um, anybody remember Jack Phillips in the Masterpiece Cake Shop who refused to um, bake a cake for a gay wedding and he was had to basically go to the Supreme Court. To decide that he had a religious exemption to not do something that's against his religious, you know, beliefs. Well, now that this has passed, the question is whether or not are you going to have to bake the cake, bigot, or something to that effect? Will churches be forced to um, uh, conduct these same-sex weddings? Will uh, religious organizations be banned from uh, promoting traditional marriage? You get where I'm going with this, the religious freedom aspect of it. Is that now in question? Um, and it seems as though that the GOP establishment, in all its hatred towards its base, is saying, well, yeah, you kind of have to give up on your religious freedom to, well, I don't know, win in the future. But as, if, as, if, as, as Steve Dace has, has said and others have said that, well, the GOP establishment always tells us we have to give up on the border, on abortion, on marriage, on religious freedom to win. Well, to win what? Right off what? To win what? What What is there to win when you cave on every issue that's important to the base? Like, what, what, what is there to win? What is there to conserve? Well, we like, well, our tax plan is 10% better than the Democrats. That's nothing. That's literally nothing. And it kind of just... It kind of just goes to prove, yet again, that not that we needed any more evidence, because those of us who are on our side already know this, but it just goes to prove that the GOP establishment hates, with a firm demonic passion, they hate the, the GOP base. They do. And we're, right now we are in the middle of a runoff election here in Georgia. It's Herschel Walker versus the, the right reverend Raphael Warnock, um, who is... Uh, not a reverend at all. He's a sorry excuse for a pastor. But now we're we are in the throes of a, of yet another election. That's that's a runoff. And the question is, oh well, we gotta have we gotta have Herschel Walker because the Democrats will do bad things. Well, 12, 12 members of the GOP just voted to basically erase religious freedom, and not that long ago, the GOP House decided to go with more gun control. Win what? Win what? Defend, conserve what? Nothing. I had a had a revelation. This last midterm election, you and I had a conversation, Jacob, about I I thought that we gotta have some Republicans in there to just to basically just say no for the time being, 
Just say no. Because, you know, as I think it was Bill Buckley and others had said that, you know, the point of conservatism is to stand in the wind and say no. Well, I mean, at some point someone's got to say no, but if that's all it's going to be, then I'll take it. Then this happens with the respect, so-called respect, disrespect for marriage act. And I'm like, you know what, what's the point? What's the point? Now I Welcome to the good side. <laughs> Now, now I'm like, well, what's the point? I, I had already, I had already felt this way, but I got caught up in the election, and I'm like, you know what? Something's got to give. Something's got to give, because seeing this happen now, and I hope so many Christian conservatives, I hope so many conservatives see this, that the that Republican establishment hates you, if not more, if not more than Democrats do, progressives, the the wokies. The crybabies, the snowflakes, they hate you more than the left because of what they're willing to do. They're willing to sell out, sell out on every issue, but yet you keep coming back and voting for them because, oh, well, better than a Democrat. It's time to start asking for more than that. And if that means that you got to lose some elections, well, by golly, so be it. Because it seems like when we win, we don't get anything for it. Right now that, now that, uh, um, uh, McCarthy is now the Speaker of the House. Uh, we're going to have endless investigations into into Hunter Biden and whatever, and odds are nothing will come of it. Well, well, gee golly, we had an investigation. We we're going to get to the bottom of it, like Lindsey Graham always says on Sean ha- on Hackety. So, this just goes to prove yet again that um, you know whether Trump decides to run for president. Uh, as a Republican ticket, or Ron DeSantis decides to run for as a Republican uh, in the GOP, the best thing that could happen right now is for either one of them to run as an independent, as a third party, to basically just curb stomp and pencil kill like John Wick, the GOP establishment. That's what's got to happen, because nothing will fundamentally change as long as the GOP has a grip on the American voter. Or the American conservative voter, and that means that the that the 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 people who decide to run for this third party that I want, that means that you have to ignite your biggest voting block. You know what that is? That's the American churchgoer. <laughs> so this is why this is why this is where Republicans or conservatives and libertarians could mesh, is that libertarians could cool off on the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And then just say, hey, you want your religious freedom? Cool. We may not be, libertarians may not be religious folks, but you know what? You're free to do whatever you want. You're free to be religious or not be religious. We're not going to get in the way. Well, that's a pretty popular message, I think, with a lot of people. And it's a very, it's it's a winning message. What what do you think, Jacob? Well, this is what I've been saying for... I don't know how long. It's it's also why I'm not voting in the runoff tomorrow. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to vote either. Um, you know, the only reason I, the honestly, the only reason I voted in the midterms was because of Shane Hazel. Uh, he was the only candidate that I actually endorsed. Uh, nothing against Chase Oliver or anybody else that ran, but um, they just they just didn't excite me as much as Shane Hazel. Shane Hazel was the reason I went out and voted. And if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have um, gone out and voted at all because I just don't care. And like I said. Like I, I told Joe this earlier. I said I can't, I can't vote for Warnock because he's a socialist, and I can't vote for Walker because he's a moron. 
I, so I, I was listening I, to an interview with Herschel Walker, and all he talked about was the military and the police. That's all he talked about. And I'm like, do you know? Do, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? I, I, I it's it, that's a that's that's a great thing to say if you want the boomers to vote for you. That's great. But do you know what time it is? And for all you people who said that if we don't vote for Mitt Romney in 2012, then you hate America. Mitt Romney voted for this bill to allow same-sex marriage. And he is one of the most so-called religious people in the Senate because he comes from Utah. He's a Mormon. Now, you you try to figure that out. The GOP establishment hates you. I... Anyone who is willing to stand in the gap and shake their fist at God and say, you know what, I might be, I am a religious person, but I want my political party to win, so I will allow this this to this sinful act to go on, and I will endorse it because I want my political party to win. If those are your, if those are your religious convictions, then have a fun time roasting in hell, because why would you vote for that? Why would you support that? And to all you people, Sean Hannity, all you people who said, well, Mitt Romney's better than Obama, is he? Now that, now that we've gone through the, the two years that he's been in the Senate, th- we've been through COVID, but now we've been through this. Do you still want to support Mitt Romney? You know, all these other, all these other folks, who've, all these other 12 Republicans have voted for it. This, these are the people you told us to vote for right here. And this is what they're doing. Can we now get an apology, please, from from you, Mitt, from you, Sean Hannity? Please, I, I'm waiting for your apology. Take off the CIA pen, <laughs> and please give us an apology for this. Um. So, I- I- anyone who's willing to do that should not get your vote. <laughs> that that should be the bare minimum uh, of of what, what is required for you to vote for someone. Um. So. Anything else you want to say on, no. on that? Um, so, but yeah, I I, I don't know, I, I don't I don't know what else there is to say. Oh, I, I I screenshotted that picture that Kanye put up on Twitter, Jacob. Oh, uh, so did I. In in that I I had to go look for it. That that's just I didn't know what to make of that. It's so it's it's so scary, so scary. Uh, speaking of something else that's scary, um. I came across this one morning while I was at work. It was I was like probably like three thirty in the morning. I can't remember what time it was. I sent it to you. You were probably still asleep. Um, uh, something that was, I thought that was scary and interesting at the same time because I don't know how this kind of thing comes up in conversation. But in Canada, uh, I believe it's it's legal to uh, ask for an assisted suicide because people in Canada are too weak to do it themselves. They need assistance in killing themselves, which is um, I'm sure there's a joke there, but I'm 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 you can make your own joke. Um, yeah, I don't want to make my own joke. So in Canada, it's perfectly legal to uh, seek assisted suicide uh, with with from a medical professional, which is an anathema, or which is the opposite of what medical professionals should be doing. Medical professionals should be in the business of uh, saving lives and improving the quality of life of individuals. Would you not agree, Jacob? Yeah. I mean, you take the oath as a doctor to do no harm, but here you are doing harm by ending a life. Um, and I think I, I read I read somewhere that uh, was it in 
Uh, where's the number? I have to, I have to find it real quick. Uh, where is it? Um, something like 30,000 people have... Oh, yeah. Since its legalization, almost 32,000 deaths have occurred through assisted suicide. And that's just in Canada. But that's that's really sad. When you think about it, that's sad. And I, I keep hearing this... Um, it's a uh, like a uh, like an infomercial for assisted suicide in Canada, of this person talking about how she set the date for her uh, demise and how she talks about how you know she can see when she thinks about it she she can see the other side very clearly the grass is greener, um, she can see bubbles and she can she can see music, which I mean if you can see music you've got other problems if you can that's see music that that's you're on LSD. Um, but so what the the article that I sent Jacob was there was a um an, a Canadian veteran who was also um was a a, a Paralympic um a champion who served in the Canadian military she's a veteran she's also disabled um from her I believe from what she from her service in the military if I get the story correctly I, I'm not 100% sure but because of Canada and how terrible their healthcare system is, uh, which has been documented for years, you can go you can go look around for it. It's it's the the Canadian medical service is terrible, like it's awful. Um, so because she's disabled and because she needs a stair lift in her house and she's been waiting years and years for it, and it's still they still haven't given it to her, uh, she contacted the the Canadian veter the Veterans Affairs of Canada and asked for a home wheelchair lift to be installed in her house to help her maneuver in her home more easily. Um, which, again, uh, given the fact that she's a veteran and that service is for veterans, it's, she has every right to ask for that. Um, Christine Gothier, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, testified before Canada's House of Commons Veterans Affairs Committee uh, last week, said that she was shocked when, she, uh, when the VAC employee offered her assisted suicide as a, as a solution to her suffering. So she's asking for a chairlift to be installed in her house, and instead of saying, oh, yeah, we'll get right on that, she was she was asked, well, do you want to kill yourself? How does that even come up in conversation? It's the ultimate 2016 response, just kill yourself. <laughs> it's like, okay, hey, I need a stairlift installed in my home because I'm in a wheelchair, and it's hard for me to get up and down the stairs uh, outside my house or, in, or up the stairs to in my house. Uh, could you help me out with that? Oh, okay. Um, Ma'am, have you considered suicide? Have you considered killing yourself? How does that even come up in a, in a rational conversation? If I was on the phone, I'm like, what the hey, hey, hey are you talking about? Like, why would that even be any, on anyone's radar? So, because the healthcare system is so bad, and because the, the, the country of Canada has, has dealt completely into nihilism... It's become a death cult, not only because of their COVID policies, but because their policies toward life itself. They now see assisted suicide as a way out or as an easy fix to uh, dealing with problems other than actually dealing with problems. Hey, we will be more than happy to help you kill yourself than put a stair lift inside your house. Is not, does anybody not see a problem with this? I don't see a problem with it. I see no problem. Do with people it. not see how this could pop? That this is just so wrong on many levels. Like this is this is this is like dystopia level stuff. 
oh, well, you're disabled. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll help you assist you in ending your life. Or you feel depressed. We'll help you assist you in ending your life. Just, Joe, look, just just reduce the problem by one. That's all you got to do. Right. I mean, that's all, that's all you got to do. Um, there was another story I saw several months ago of a teenager who was given, um, he he was, was he born with, or he developed a condition where um, he would live in pain for the rest of his life. Like he was, he had some kind of medical condition where he couldn't walk or talk or um, uh, very well or eat or very well on his own. He needed assistance from his parents and relatives to basically live a life and I think he, when he turned 18 is when the you're of age for this. Um, he opted out for uh, assisted suicide. He basically had a, a death party. He said, you know, this is the date that I I'm decided to kill myself, and all, you all should come over to the house and celebrate my life before I go end it. Like, that, that that's... I, under, people, I understand where... I can kind of understand where if you're dealt a card where... You're going to live a life of pain and agony for the rest of your life, however long that may be. I, I don't agree with it, but I can see where someone might want to go there, and I still think it's wrong uh, for you to go there because you can't give up on life. You can't do that. The whole point of life is struggle. I don't think people seem to realize that. The whole point of life is struggle, is you will go through very uncomfortable and very trying things in life. But the whole point of that is because it makes you stronger. Is it because that's that's the way life has always been? And we are given such an easy, almost no questions asked way out of it. And you don't when when, when you don't have people around you that give you that the point of life and what gives life meaning is struggle. And when you, people don't, don't realize that and don't understand that it's never been taught to them. You see things like this. That's why you see depression. You see suicides, not only medically assisted, but just suicides in general. That's why you see drug use. Why you see so much, uh, you know, uh, people that are addicted to social media and other and all types of things. Why people just throw their lives away to just watching and playing video games all day? It's because that well, life has no meaning and everything in in the world is hard. Well, that's kind of the point. You know, that's the way it, it compared to the way things have been in the past. We've actually got it pretty easy nowadays. Like the fact that everyone else, that even poor people have access to running water and uh, and, uh, and indoor plumbing and electricity and the internet and smartphones. Um, we've got it pretty stinking good. Yes, it isn't. Yes, that means that you know that sometimes things get hard, but you know that's also where you just gotta you know kind of develop a little bit of a thick skin and just kind of just deal with it. That's it. I'm not not discrediting how people may feel or being insensitive to how things that people are going through, but you know that's also kind of the point of life is struggle. Would you not agree? Yeah, I mean that's what that's life. The best parts of life is overcoming that struggle and finding joy even in the um, find joy in the struggle. Yeah. I so I. I, I just I I don't know how how you how you would even reach people who are have gotten to a point where they see no other option than just opting out of life for no other reason because they're depressed. Like what? It's the same thing with like the transgender thing. 
It's like a doc, you know, a 10-year-old a, a goes to a gender specialist and they say, well, I feel like a boy, even though they were born a girl. And they're like, oh, okay, great. We'll start you on the cocktail of hormone replacements and we'll give you the surgeries and we'll do whatever you want because you feel like a girl, because you feel like a boy even though you were born a girl. It's like there's no questions asked. There's no like, oh, maybe you're going through a phase. Maybe you're just, maybe the fact that you lost your job and that your and your mom or your dad died in like six months. Maybe you're just going through some stuff right now. Maybe you need to get some help from from friends and family or a professional. Or maybe you need to reach out to your faith. Maybe you need to do that before you just, you know, uh, you know. I get, I don't know how they do it. Is it like an injection or is it like the? Do you get the chair? Um, I don't know. Actually, before you go and end it, maybe you should seek out all, all options to maybe just finding ways to get better. Ask for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. Because remember how you I constantly see, you see you used to see constantly see those ads for the suicide prevention hotline. Mm-hmm. Does that go away now? Now that it's basically legalized to have a doctor kill you. I, so how do, I, I want to know how this works? Do you just feel depressed one day? And you go to the slaughterhouse, and a doctor just shoots you up with a cocktail of drugs, and then you just die? Is that how it works? Because if that's how it works, then, gee, I mean, that's that's dark, dark stuff. Like, that's really dark. You've completely just given in to, uh, to, to death. That, that's demonic. That's satanic level of stuff there. Um, and I'm not being hyperbolic or I'm not, jo- I'm not joking. Cause that's, that's, that is what that is. Um, because the devil is death, like quite literally is death and, and suffering and destruction. That's what it is or who he is. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I, I just thought that was interesting. And I, I just, I, it, it just makes me so, it just makes me so sad to see that and to see it's how it's become almost just, you know, popularized and is seen as as a, a rightful way out because you remember the uh, uh the guy who you probably don't know who it is but the guy who ran this um a famous cl- uh nightclubs in new york Mm-mm. studio 50 something or whatever popular guy back in the 80s and ni- in, in 90s who ran very very popular nightclubs in new york was given some diagnosis for a condition that's that's uncurable and he decided to go to sweden and just end his life because he couldn't deal with the pain, and everyone's talking about how he's how he's in a better place now, how he's in no more pain, and well, that's just obviously not true. Because, well, you know, spiritually speaking, if he if he if he wasn't right spiritually, then he's not in a better place, and there is no dignity in dying. Dying is not dignified. I mean, it's it's death. It's very undignifying. You don't die with dignity. You just die. It's, it's, yes, it's going to come to all of us, but I mean, it's not, it's the reason why we mourn death is because when you're no longer around, that's not, there's nothing dignifying about, about that. If I say, if I say it in a Canadian accent, maybe they'll get it, Jacob. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, did you have anything else you wanted to say on that? No, I didn't have anything else. Okay. Um, what the heck is Steve Cohen doing with, uh, with the Mets? I don't know. He's, he got rid of DeGrom. Because he Degrom has got some health problems with his arm, and he picks up Scherzer that was, that, and Verlander. That'll, that'll be the news today. Like what the heck, dude? So you you're gonna pay what eighty six million dollars for two years for um for Verlander? Um, 
I don't know if I see the wisdom in that because, yes, Verlander is a first is an obvious first ballot Hall of Famer, um, who who probably should get you know a unanimous voting, if not like ninety five percent, I think would be uh, a, a good for him. Um, to pay him eighty six million dollars for two years, he's what thirty eight. He's he's almost forty. Yeah. To pay him and Scherzer that level of money for them to be that old and to get rid of arguably the best pitcher in baseball who has had uh, some problems health-wise, who's ha- who has faced some injuries, but when he's good, man, he's good. Uh, uh, he, I mean, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say he's the best pitcher in baseball. When he's healthy, he's good. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's very good. Would you not agree, DeGrom? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to drop, where's Degrom going now? Did, Texas. Te- he's going to the Rangers. Mm-hmm. So he's going to the Rangers, which good for the Rangers because they've picked up a, a gem there. So either Steve Cohen knows something that we don't know, or he's an idiot. So maybe he knows something about his health that he's going to continuously have these problems with injuries going in the future, and maybe he's playing some like you know five D underwater chess that we're not seeing. Or he's really dummy and he's paying these really old pitchers a lot of money who may or may not be able to pitch the rest of their contracts. So who knows? That seems like a lot of money to be giving away. Oh, it definitely is. To two people who may or may not be able to fill the bill, you know? It's a lot of money to give away for just for just two guys and they're whenever they are elderly, that's for sure. Who uh who picked up um so I saw another contract for eleven years. Uh, Trey Turner went Trey Turner to went the to the Phillies. Phillies yep. Eleven-year contract. Did, did, was there a dollar amount added to it? Three hundred million. See, is it that good? I mean, he's they paid him that much money, so evidently he's worth something. He would be. He's worth something. Um, let's see what else. I think that's it. You have anything else you want to talk about? Um, I have some big things coming up on the on my Substack on my website for those. That have been uh, reading along. I thank you guys for reading along with some of my music reviews. So the the the, the plan is in the next few days I'm going to be doing my top my top 20 records as well as a um, a recap of, of of just this year in music that I've had a lot of fun reviewing and going on discovering new genres and other and other such things. So be in the be in the lookout for that. And I'm going to be reviewing classic records for December because December is when things slow down as far as new releases. So there's not a whole lot of new music to to review and to listen. So I'm going to go back and pick four or five classic records. Do you have from, anything in, in mind? Uh, I'm going to leave them in, in anticipation. I'll leave you in suspense. Yes. So follow my album of the year account to, to always do that. Also, um, be sure to check out or I also post my reviews to Twitter. So if you want to click on the links on Twitter, you can do that there. You can still follow me there. I don't, I, I just, again, I use it. I use the site for more as aggregating news and information. But if you do want to send me a message, I'll be, I'll be more than welcome to reply back as long as it is constructive and kind, kindly worded. So you're not stupid. Yeah. So that's the plan for music for the end of the year. And I'm trying to think of anything else I wanted to add before the end of the segment. Yeah, I'm just doing I'm doing a roundup. Um, 
Perhaps I may talk about my Spotify wrapped. I learned a lot of things that are interesting, but that might be included in my year-end review for music. Are you so. talking about what you listen to personally? Yeah, what I listen oh, to okay. personally, what I thought about the year, but that'll probably be in that video. It'll The video will probably go up on Substack first before it hits YouTube, so if I can figure out how to how to do that, I may have to private list the video. Anyways, uh, I'll probably release it first for the for, the, for people that read my Substack, and then it'll go to YouTube to watch it. But that's coming in the next. Hopefully, I'll have that up by, by the end of next week. I'm still still working on my list of records, and I'm still formulating my thoughts on what I'm going to say about each one. And then obviously, you have to I'll have to film it and edit the whole thing, which you know that that takes a whole day in itself because. It's a lot of it's a lot of work that goes into making a video. I don't think people who have never edited a video before don't realize how 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 long it takes to edit a video. Yeah, it takes a it takes a, a sweet amount of time. But that's a, that's really what I have coming on the pipeline, and um, something else. Oh, I I look. I have I am making a personal mission of mine. I know that we're, we're I know that we're we're going towards the end of the year and we're going towards. Uh, as cringy as it is, New Year resolutions. Yeah, I, it's I find December. that as, as well. I find the whole concept of New Year New Year's resolutions kind of weird. But you can do whatever you want, honestly. Yeah, but I don't know. I've always felt that if you're gonna change, why do you wait till? Why do you wait till an arbitrary, in, in arbitrary time to change? Yeah. But I'm um, I'm going ahead and making mine right now. I am making it an effort to. Go to as many concerts as possible next year. Ooh. That is my personal mission. Um, I'll tell you this: La- not last night, but Saturday night, I went to the very first, very first indoor rock and roll show since March of 2020. Hmm. I have not been to an indoor rock and roll concert, and I mean, I went to see, I saw Stephen Curtis Chapman live, but that was socially distant and not really fun. wearing having to wear a mask so it was not very fun i mean the concert was great but the experience of going to a con of, of a show was not very fun and then we went and saw rancid and dropkick murphys but that was outdoor but the first indoor that was still a good time indoor rock and roll show me and one of me, me and my younger brother went and saw Anne berlin which six i've seen them now six times look there is beyond obsession. They are as good as ever. Still, just oh God, what am I doing here? Still, absolutely killed it as far as the show goes. But I am just making it a point, and I'm kind of like normally I would have only gone to shows that um would have been it would have been a band that I I uh, love or that I know a lot about. But I think that as long as ticket prices don't just go absolutely insane. And then I'm actually able to to get tickets. Um, I'm gonna try to go to as many shows as possible. My goal is to go to as many concerts next year as possible because I think that there is something about being in the a energy. being in a room with other people and the energy you get off of them, the energy you get off the band, and you really appreciate uh, the the hard work and the talent that is on stage and performing for you. Uh, um, that's something that's just very uniquely. It's just it's just something very unique you can't get anywhere else, and I think this is kind of going just it, it it all links back into what I've been really been preaching the last few months on this show and on and on my Substack is just this 
this just pursuit of art and this pursuit of just beauty in art. And I think that whenever you, whenever you seek out these things, you find that it has a net positive on your life. So that's my own personal goal. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of concerts out there that I really wanted to go to, but because, because Ticketmaster is of the devil, it makes it, please, it makes it, it makes it really hard to go to a lot of shows, especially a lot of high profile shows. It makes it just impossible. Like, Like Taylor Swift. Well, like, well, like, um, Bruce Springsteen, there's problems there too. Yeah. Well, the ticket prices are five and six hundred dollars for the cheap seats. A, a half decent seat. Okay, grief. And that, that's not necessarily Bruce and the promoter doing that. That's Ticketmaster too, isn't well, it? Well, I mean, it's a it's both it's, probably. It's, it's it's them agreeing to, to Ticketmaster's terms. That's crazy. So yeah, the and, seat and then, might be five hundred dollars, but you're buying another hundred dollars in fees and taxes. Yeah, and then Blink One Eighty Two was similar, three four hundred dollars for for that's decent insane. tickets. Yeah, so I mean, and that's the thing is that I would love, and I and I and I wrote this, I think I put it on Twitter, that I would love to go to all these big these big concerts. Like I I would, and and but I think that a lot of these bigger shows have just become once in a lifetime events. Yeah, that that's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Well, that is, is could it be because these artists are are basically at the end of their career, like the Stones or Bruce or you know maybe like Elton John or Billy. Well, okay, well not sure. Like going to see Elton John in his farewell tour, I expect that to be pretty, pretty pricey. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not saying that that should be an affordable concert, but it seems like every single show, if it's going to be played at one of these larger football stadiums, basketball arenas, that you know you're looking at 200 bucks just to get just to get in the door. And I I don't know if that if making concerts like these once in a lifetime, not from the standpoint of experience that of seeing the music as once in a lifetime, but 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 the, the price mm. being being once in a lifetime. Uh, it prices a lot of people out who who just kind of want to just go for the spectacle and just kind of want to go for the the music. You really only uh, you you only reserve it for the extremely wealthy and the super fans who will only go to one show every couple of years. Mm-hmm. So for someone like me, I was just casually kind of interested. Yeah, for someone like like me, like you know, you know, do I do I love Bruce Springsteen? Well, well, maybe not. But what I would like to go see him live because he is a it, one of the most essential American uh, figureheads in in rock music, pop absolutely. Culture. Just yeah, one of the most important pop culture figures of all time, who happened to make some some incredible, iconic, and important music in history, absolutely. But I think that you price a lot of people out by doing that, and well, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure. I think that, and I think that a lot of the issue does fall to to, to Ticketmaster. Yeah, that they don't put practical steps into fixing a lot of the bots and a lot of the people who buy tickets Scalpers. just to people buy tickets just to sell them. Yeah, which you know, in a free market, nothing wrong with that. But I think that if Ticketmaster truly wanted to. Um, fix this. I know that Finn McKinty on YouTube brought this idea up where if you buy a ticket on on Ticketmaster and you want to resell it, you can only resell it to another person on Ticketmaster for the price that you paid for it. 
That makes sense. Lock it in, and that way you can only sell it for the price that you paid for it. You well, can't you can't profit off yeah. of it. You can only sell it for what you paid for it. I mean, I'm sure touring is is probably more expensive than it is now than it has but ever been. But scalping doesn't benefit anybody. I, I, I understand that, but I'm just talking about ticket prices. I think honestly, what what bands and artists should do is do what the Masters does: is just sell their own tickets. You can only get them through uh, Augusta National Golf Club. Uh, you have to basically it's like a lottery I'm not saying to do like a lottery system but some way where you control your own tickets and your own ticket prices and that that you can't resell them um, you can give them away to friends and family but you can't resell them I think that's a much better way of, of basically uh, giving it to a third party like uh, like Ticketmaster or their sister company Live Nation um, I, I th- if you if you do that and you prioritize and you prioritize Prioritize. Prioritize away. I can't speak today. If you make it so that way you give priority to people that live in those areas mm-hmm. first, the ones who will actually go to the show. Yeah. If you do that and you um, and you make it so that way you can't sell it for a profit tickets off of your, off of your system – that fixes a lot of the problems right there. That fixes the problem with scalpers buying up everything. Yeah. And, I mean, you could also just not be Ticketmaster and completely mess up everything, whether it be Bruce Springsteen was the example of whenever they first introduced the dynamic pricing system, which, based off of demand, that raises the price, right. fluctuates. Well, of course, when tickets first release, yeah, there's a lot of influx. The demand's gonna the the demand drove normal tickets that were you know on the floor, which were probably you know three four hundred bucks, pretty standard for shows like that, to you know five and six grand because of the demand. That Whereas could have just people just looking at the prices, exactly. So that and then you just have the whole Taylor Swift issue which just completely just like yeah we just can't sell tickets because of the DM demand it's like what so I saw somebody, it's like what so I saw somebody do the math of you know if, if the average ticket price is 500 bucks and they times X amount of shows and X amount oh, of well, seats well it's not $500 but you know well whatever it was it's like 1.2 billion dollars she supposedly sold or could have sold in tickets if you cut that in half plus all your taxes fees and tour expenses she could stand to make five hundred million dollars off that tour she's planning, which that's 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 insane amount of money. Well, that's based on five hundred five hundred dollars a ticket, which they weren't that expensive initially. Now, right now they are. Yeah, now they are. But but now they're all scalpers. But I think it's rich that you get to be the most the most the 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 only name in tickets as far as big concerts. Now, I mean, you you can buy tickets for smaller venues through like Access and, and some, some other shows, but if you want to do big tours. Like, all of these major stadiums, these football stadiums, are signed exclusively with Ticketmaster. So yeah. you have to go through these these booking agencies. And you are the the most popular artist on the planet right now. And your system crashes. And they just can't support it. And, you're, and then the public sales, oh, well, just too bad. <laughs> it's like, what? How, what? what? How are you just not going to sell the rest of the? How, how are you not just going to sell tickets? How? How do you fail this bad? Well, the demand, Jacob. I, I, for the life of me, just, just don't, just, just don't understand how, as a company, you are the name, and you fail. And a lot of people are like, "Yeah, Jacob, that's why we need to break them up. We need to put the government involved." 
No. Like like you think the folks that run the DMV are going to be able to get out Swift tickets uh, the, better. The Obamacare website. The Obamacare website, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just where I – I mean, I wrote, I wrote this on Twitter as well. that I would love to go to a lot of these shows, but between – the prices and Ticketmaster, it just makes it just not fun. It makes the it makes the process of going out and getting tickets for these events a hassle and a chore, and I just don't. Well, it's basically like like it used to be, where you had to go to the actual venue to buy the tickets for the show. Yeah, that's I, basically what's what it's I, like now. Well, at least at least then. You didn't have people who just made bot accounts and they right. was going there and buy up three or four hundred a piece. And then you would sell them for a profit because you know there's people out there that would want to go and that, you know, they'd be willing to pay. Regardless of the price. Yeah, they, they will go because, you know, they have the money and they'll go for whatever price. So, or they'll know, just put on their credit card because it's such a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime event yeah, for them. Yeah, I mean, for, 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 for them, it, it, you know, it's one of those things. But there, I have heard a lot of people who say, oh, Jacob, it's just Taylor Swift. Who cares about Taylor Swift? Or she just uh, She's only the biggest artist in the country. Well— in the world. Yes, but I'm saying, okay, okay, let's just let's just think about this differently, okay? Yes, her situation is quite unique in that the demand is, is quite uh, different from a lot of other artists, right? I don't think Amberlin had problems with <laughs> crashing yeah. the, the website or Ticketmaster for them. But you know good and well that if we had a... Similar situation, whereas uh, if Paul McCartney all of a sudden said... Or Metallica. Well, no. Here we go. Paul McCartney is one of the most... Is probably the most famous musician on the planet. Paul McCartney. the Arguably the, the greatest Beatle of the greatest band to ever exist, right? You know good and well that if Paul McCartney said... Me and my friend Ringo are doing one last tour. When I said we're done, we're, we're we're approaching eighty. We're hanging it up. We can't do this anymore. We're doing one more world tour, and that's it. We're done. You want to hear the Beatles live ever? You have to come to this show. You know that will draw a similar size, may, may not may not may not quite as big, but a similar size demand for tickets because if people realize that, hey, this is the last time I'll be able to hear a Beatles a Beatles song ever live bought from a beetle that i'll have to go to the show i'll have to and even though you know paul and ringo don't sound as good and can't play and can't sing as good as they once did it'll be a once in a lifetime experience that this will be the last time you'll ever be able to hear their music ever again it'll draw a similar a similar demand and then what if you can't get tickets to that and you really wanted to you know, you'll hear a lot of more. You'll hear more outrage from from that than you will um, other artists. But yeah, then just just insert anybody. Insert the last Metallica tour of all time, the last uh, Billy Joel tour, the last Rolling Stones tour of all time. You know, the, the Rolling Stones are still drawing huge crowds. I mean, poor Charlie Watts was even in the ground, and they were already back out on the road. So yeah, so just insert any other giant rock band saying farewell, and you'll have a lot of the boomers and a lot of the people who are like, oh, you know, it's just it's only Taylor Swift. It doesn't really matter. Just grow up. <laughs> okay, okay, whenever it's your band, then you'll understand the problems that, that, that her fans went through and just how messed up it is that her yeah. fans couldn't get tickets. When Bob Seger announced his final farewell <laughs> tour. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Steve, uh, with Steve Winwood. 
when Steve Winwood finally decides to retire. That's a great album. That's a that's a, it's always sunny in Philadelphia reference. All right, well, I think that's it for the podcast. Uh, boy, it's good to be back, and a lot of things that I wanted to say and get off my chest. But Joe, any any closing remarks? And uh, no, but I will say you did forget something. What did I forget? What? Look at the date. I told you yesterday. <laughs> I said I said a happiest of birthdays, dearest brother. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes I did. I, I wasn't going to mention it because it's in the past. Remind me in a year. But all the stories we talked about happened in the past. So, but that was but that was newsworthy. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, okay. It, it was Joe's birthday yesterday, so yeah, so you can clap on your keyboards. Oh, don't do that. Don't, don't, oh, like, I thought you might hit the keys. Like, oh, don't do that. Just slap the keys. You might, might type a happy birthday. Your computer. Type a happy birthday in chat for, for a Joe on this. That's right. It was my birthday yesterday, but you know what? Who cares? Anyway, anywho, uh, that's it. We'll see you, use guys later on. Until then, you know, um, you know, keep, uh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Rocket plane, crank flowing thing, we copy you on the ground. We got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.